0: you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of just the covering for our sins, Lord, that can be made right with you. We worship you. We worship you this morning.
1: Maybe be seated. Well, good morning. Glad to see so many of you here. We had a debate among staff about how many people would come the day after Christmas. Uh, so it's glad to glad to see you all. I don't know about you, but uh, on my drive-in this morning, just seeing the sun on the green hills was just amazing. Anybody else see that and enjoy that? Um nice to see that fresh grass you know starting to grow and just seeing that as I was driving in reminds me of uh, the road trips that I used to go on Um, we haven't been able to go on as many road trips with our girls and they tend to get car sick so we're looking forward to the age where we get to go on road trips as a family I can remember uh, all the road trips growing up going to Yellowstone or uh, driving out to Minnesota with a family Uh, it was just a good time and I think over the years road trips have changed in my mind a little bit. Um, they've changed because now we use Google Maps or different apps or car navigation systems to get there. I can remember the day before, uh, the days when, when you had to write out the directions on a piece of paper or have a road map next to you so you knew where you were going, which road to take or intersection or highway. And and um, I think we've lost a little bit of, of the road trip uh, the fun that comes with that kind of a sense of adventure as you're going out there, and uh, I think we were more focused too, because I can remember like, okay, need to turn on, need to turn on this highway, and you have to be focused, okay, don't pass that highway, because there's no, there's no nothing that pops up a red light that says you've you've missed your exit, you've missed your exit, um, and so I just over the years, I going on those road trips, you you look for the intersections, you look for the fork road, the forks in the roads, the changing highways, and. Uh, now we kind of set the program, and our car just yells at us which way to go and which way to turn. Um, if only life was that easy. If only there was a big right-hand turn right in front of us that says, you need to go this way now. If only life was that easy. It also makes me think of something that was very, very popular 25 years ago. 25 years ago, the Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving season that the, the uh, me Elmo doll was the hot ticket. Does anybody remember the Tickle Me Elmo doll? Yes. Okay. I was, I was in high school, so I, I, I didn't get a Tickle Me Elmo doll. But it's this doll that you, 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 you touched or you squeezed the nose, and it would say, it, Elmo would laugh, and he would you know, make funny noises. It sold for uh, $29, $28.99 in the store. Uh, But for whatever reason, that year, 25 years ago, it went bonkers. They sold out nearly of the 400,000 Elmos that they made. And uh, it's reported that that doll began to, scalpers were selling them for $1,500 each. There's a report that in Denver, one was sold for $7,100 over $7,000 was paid for this Elmo doll. It was the gift for that year's Christmas season, 25 years ago. There's even a report that on December 20th, there was a raffle charity that had one and it was purchased for $18,000. This is how hot the Tickle Me Elmo doll was. Uh, a man at Walmart, working at Walmart, was injured by a stampede of 300 people trying to get to the Tickle Me Elmo dolls. All for this doll that you squeeze its nose or tickle, and it and it laughs and giggles, and it's programmed to do that. The next year they made a doll that was called Love Me Elmo, and you, uh, what that Elmo does is when you squeezed it, when you push the button, it said it would say, "You're Elmo's sweetheart," or "Elmo loves you," or uh, "Hugs and kisses." That's what was programmed into this Elmo doll. If only life were that simple where God says worship me and he pushes a button on us and we say, we worship you God. But it's not, right? It's not that easy. We weren't created that way. We weren't created with a button with which God pushes and we instantly respond in worship and adoration to him. That's not the way that we are. We have choices, and, and, and we, are, we weren't programmed by God. We're, we're not programmed by our DNA. Our DNA will tell us if we're male or female. It will tell us our height, or our, our color of our eyes, the color of our hair, but it won't tell us. It won't give us directions on the choices that we have in front of us. And so this morning, we come to the, the text in Joshua, chapters 23 and chapter 4, and I, I, I titled it, Choose for Yourselves. Choose for yourselves. That was a choice that was put in front of the people. Let's pray before we open up the the scripture. Lord, we want to consider the year that is almost past us, and consider 2020, 2022 twenty two that is at our doorstep. Lord, I pray that this this text from Joshua twenty three and twenty four would be our really our, our guidepost. Our our, our our sign post is telling us which way to go, Lord. Pray that you speak to us, each individual in this room, each individual who's watching online or in the loft or in patio, Lord. May your word go forth powerfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I. I, I I often go back this time of year as we're looking into the next year. You know, New Year's is a time to think of your goals for next year and, and all the, the things that you want to do, that you want to change in your life. And I, I, always, I often come back to this text. Um, consider 2022. And these are the words of a 110-year-old man who's, on, who, who's going the way of the earth. He is at the end of his life, and he recognized that. And he has these things to say. I think we need to take them with some weight. Joshua 24, verse 29 says, Now it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And this is the Joshua that was born in Egypt as a slave. And he knew what it was to, to have to... Um, build idols or do things for the Egyptian gods. He, he, he was a slave in Egypt. He saw what the gods of, of Egypt required for those who worshiped him. He, that was his first 40 years of his life. For the next 40 years of his life, he served at, as Moses' his right-hand man, his assistant. He served Moses for those 40 years. And, and he witnessed what the God of Israel would do and where the God of Israel wanted to take the people. And he saw the, the way that the, the people, for those 40 years as they wandered in the wilderness, continued to serve these other gods. The last 30 years of his life could be the most exciting. It was the 30 years as, that he was the leader over Israel. After Moses had passed away, he was put in charge of the leadership. He was the one that was to bring the people into the new promised land he was the one that was to go forth and, and fight these battles against the, the, the people that lived in that land, those nations. And he has some very heavy words, and, and because these are his dying words, I think they have some weight to him. Now, just as a side note, we see that he dies at 110, and on his tombstone, if he had a tombstone, it would say, Joshua, son of Nun, servant of the Lord. And this week, I got to, to get coffee with a friend, and I, and, I, and I asked him a few directive questions, what do you want your headstone to say? What do you want to read on your headstone? Because if you know how you want the end of your life to go, then you know what path and what directions to take along the way. Joshua says, servant of the Lord. Solomon in Ecclesiastes, uh, he looks back on his life in, in that book and, and he looks back on his mistakes and his failures, his, the vanities of life and the values that he, that he wanted to have. The, he looks at pleasure and the practical wisdoms and he says this at the end of Ecclesiastes. He said, let us hear the, con- uh, the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and, and keep his commandments. For this is man's all, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they all gave on blessings to their sons as their dying words. Jesus on the cross, his dying words were, it is finished to tell us die. There's weight to that. So we come to Joshua chapter 23. And let's look at these verses as we recognize that these are the words of a, of a dying man who served his, the Lord his whole life. Joshua 23, verses one through three. It says, now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua was old and advanced in age. And Joshua called for all of Israel, for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and said to them, I am old and well advanced in age. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you, for the Lord your God is he who fought for you. And as you go on in Joshua chapter 23 and 24, which we won't cover every verse this morning, so I would encourage you to read that maybe over the next coming days as you look down at the New Year's. But Joshua 23, chapter 23, is full of reminders and warnings for the people. Joshua had assembled a number of the leaders, and he said, these are the, the reminders that I want you to have, and these are also the warnings. And Joshua, in verse 6 of 23, he says, Therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn to a side to the left hand, or to the right hand, or to the left. Joshua was reminding them to uh, mind the crossroads of life. Keep those in mind. Don't turn to the left or don't turn to the right. Keep away from those alternative paths. the Word of God is, is a straight and narrow path, and we don't want, and Joshua's reminding them not to turn to the left or to the right. Speaking of the GPS roadmaps, a, year, a number of years ago, I had a, a very, one of the first GPS's out there that gave directions. And it was really rudimentary, and it was a little tiny scream about this about this big, and uh, I was on a road, a motorcycle road trip from here uh, all the way out to Houston, Texas. I was going to go visit my brother out there, and it ended up being a very long day. Uh, I left Las Cruces, New Mexico, at about six in the morning. Ran out of gas in the middle of Texas. Uh, went through a rainstorm, and as I'm pulling into Houston, Texas, about midnight, uh, this my GPS begins to give me directions, and uh, I wasn't paying close enough attention. It had given kind of two directions right in a row, and I missed the second one, and so it began to reroute me, and I, it pulled me off the interstate, and I'm going through, it's raining, and I'm going, and I'm going into, I pull off into this neighborhood, and I, later I found out that the, the GPS had taken me into a neighborhood I should not have been at, at 9 o'clock, or that late at night in that section of town. My brother who lived there was like, that's not the neighborhood to be in. Because I didn't mind the directions that were right there in front of me. We have to mind the crossroads, Joshua's saying. Joshua 23 verse 8 also says, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. To keep the course. Keep the course. A friend of mine in in Santa Barbara, he, he had He'd he'd sailed to Hawaii. He'd gotten a little schooner and he'd sailed to Hawaii. He said, one of the things you have to do when you're aiming for an island that's thousands of miles away is make sure that every day your course is true. He said to miss Hawaii by a degree or two would have been hundreds of miles and he would have altogether missed it. So you have to keep the course. Hold fast to the Lord your God. Joshua 23, verses 11 and 12, he says, Therefore, take, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God, or else indeed if you will go back and cling to the remnant of these nations. Joshua's saying, if you don't devote yourself to the Lord, you'll begin to wander, you'll begin to, to stray from the path, and you'll be, go back into all the things that you were doing, all the things that the nations around you were doing, worshiping these other gods. Verse 14 says, Behold, this day I'm going the way of the earth, and you know in your hearts and in all your souls that not one good thing has failed you. Not one good thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you, not one of them has failed. Joshua's reminding them to remember that God is so good. God is so good. God keeps his promises. He promised them that they would have this land. He promised them that they would give, God would give them rest over these other nations. As we come to chapter 24, Joshua's gonna give a proclamation at this place called Shechem. And whether these are two different speeches or one, there's some debate, it, 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 they're, they're, the, they're the last speeches, they're the last declarations of a dying man so Joshua chapter 24, verse 1 says, And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem. And he called for the elders of Israel for their heads, for their judges, and for the officers, and they presented themselves before the Lord. Shechem was a historical place. Shechem is where Abraham, having left Ur of the Chaldees, at, left his homeland, God made him promises, and God called him out of that country to go into the land of Canaan, to get, go into the land of promised land. And years of delay had had, had kept him back until he entered into Canaan, the land of promise. And there, once Abraham was in where God had called him to go, God appears to him a second time. And after God appeared to him, Abraham set up an altar and worshiped God there in Shechem. Shechem is is a historical place. It's where, uh, previously, Joshua, 30 years prior, as they entered into the promised land that he had them set up another altar there at Shechem. So at Shechem, he is, he's going to give them, once again, he's going ri- to remind them of God's goodness. In verses twelve or 2 through 13, we'll summarize it and just say that God brings to mind all the things that God has done for them. He reminds them of his goodness. He reminds them of that they were chosen people. He reminds them that they were taken to this special place. He reminds them that all that they were given in this land, this good land flowing with milk and honey, a land where they didn't have to build walls. It was all there for them. He reminds them how they were delivered from their enemies, how God fought for them. And he reminds them of their history. And I think so often we forget our history too. We forget our own individual histories. Have you forgotten what God's done for you? Maybe as we look into 2022, we rem- remember all that God has brought us through this past year and years prior. God has done so much for us. And it's easy to forget those things as you look into the future, as, you try to, as we try to look into the future. We, we forget all that God has done for us and with us and f- through us. I think that's especially true for, for those of us who've grown up in the church I share this with the youth group, I I think we have to keep a sensitive heart when you've grown up in the church, you forget all that God has saved you from and all that God has kept you from, all the hurt and the pain and the loss. Psalm 103 is an amazing psalm. It says this, it says, "'Bless the Lord, O my soul, "'and forget not all of his benefits. "'Who forgives all your iniquities, "'who heals all your diseases, "'who redeems your life from destruction.'" who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is restored or renewed like the eagles. Forget not his benefits. But after reminding them, Joshua now brings them to the place of the choice where Joshua's gonna say, choose for yourselves. It's gonna be a charge as well as a choice. In Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15, it says, Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Joshua has to say, Put away those idols. Those idols are there in and amongst you. Put those away, get rid of those things. And I believe our culture today still saturates us with idols. No, not the little idols as much as they, maybe they had back in the, those days. No longer little figurines or statues, although those are still around. We can still see those. But the idols are those things that we uh, put so much identity in. And I believe that our, our identity can become an idol. It can become a God that we begin to serve. When it's something other than God, when our identity is identified or attached to something outside of God, when our identity, our identity is wrapped up in our political affiliation, becomes an idol. When our social media following becomes our identity or our, our position at work or our abilities or skills, our achievements, those things can become the idols of today. They become our, our, our identity. I remember when I was a swimmer at UCSB. I wore a swim—I wore that shirt like almost every day, or the sweatshirt. I walked around campus with that big UCSB swimmer jacket. I wanted everyone to know I was a swimmer. I identified as a swimmer. I was proud to be a collegiate athlete. Until the Lord began to show in my heart that you are—that has become your identity. Until the day that I had to go and tell the coach. The Coach, I need to step down from the swim team. I want to get involved more with this group called Camps Crusade for Christ. And I took that sweatshirt up and I folded it up. And I, I didn't allow myself to wear that because I didn't want to be identified as that anymore. I wanted to be identified as a follower of Christ. Those things that we just begin to, I, they begin to become idols in our life. And they're, they're tough, they're harsh masters when we allow those idols to rule our life. What about money or consumerism, letting that become an idol? It doesn't matter how much money or if you have a lot of money or you're broke, the pursuit of money and the acquisition of these things is an idol for many in our culture. Many people trust their money more than they trust God. And it's not that money is bad. We don't want to say that. It's not. It's a tool, and it's something to be used correctly. I guess the question I ask is, do you... Do you have money or does money have you? Entertainment, I believe in our, in our culture, has become an idol. It's just, we're just obsessed with entertainment and we have Netflix and all these different things with which we can just be entertained around the clock. I mean, I, I still remember the days where the TV went blank and I'm, I'm not that old, I don't think. I remember the TV went blank at night and there was no program on it. You're like, well, what, what do I do now? But now we have around the clock just a myriad of different things to entertain us. And, and not that that's bad. Once again, it's not that entertainment is bad, but it's, when, it's let, when we let it become all-consuming in our lives is where we need to have some caution. Comfort, I believe, is another one of those things. Are we seeking to make our lives as comfortable and safe as possible? When comfort becomes your idol, that's all you seek for. And these things, I, I don't believe they're evil in and of themselves. They're just the improper focus of time efforts that we put into them. And we make these things become greater than they should be in our lives. Let's look at verse 15. Joshua gave the warning to put those things away. Now in verse 15 it says, And if, he, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites, whose land you live. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I saw some of you, of you mouth that verse. It's, it's, it's one of those verses that's memorized in me. It's, it, was a, it was a plaque on my door growing up. Uh, It was a plaque that went to, after my dad passed away, my mom bought a new house that went onto her door and now it rests and it's posted on our door as well. And Joshua gives the charge, he says, choose for yourselves. He says, whom will you serve? For Joshua, that choice was easy. Joshua had made that choice long ago In, in, in the English, it, we use the future tense to, cho- to make that choice, choose for yourselves. We, we, we say that's a future tense, but in the Hebrew tense has a fuller meaning, uh, Francis Schaeffer said. He said it expresses a continuous action. It involves the future, but it also can point to the past. Joshua is undoubtedly affirming, I have chosen and I will choose. Joshua had done that by the small and big choices that he had made along the path of 110 years of living. Joshua could make this statement because he had lived a life that continuously chose to serve the Lord. Joshua chose to fight against the Amalekites, choosing when it might cost him everything, including his life. Joshua chose to reject the golden calf, choosing when... The flesh might be satisfied. Joshua chose to serve the Lord by serving Moses, choosing a humble place. Joshua chose to believe God's promises about the promised land, choosing against the majority. Joshua chose to recognize the leadership of the captain of the Lord's army there on that bank, choosing to surrender to God. And Joshua chose to take leadership of Israel to lead them into the land, choosing faith instead of unbelief. Those are the decisions that Joshua Joshua had made. But now he says, but as for me and my house, and he was saying, I am willing to go alone. Are we willing to go alone when the culture around us goes different directions? Joshua had made this decision. It didn't matter what others would choose to do. It didn't matter that if he and his house were the only ones that would continue to serve the Lord. That song came to mind as I was studying that says, though no, the no, though no one go with me, still yet I will follow. We'll get to sing that later. Joshua, the decision had been made. He had put his hand to the plow, as Jesus mentioned, and he would not turn back. There was a guy named Mike Ryder who, who discipled me throughout college and, and, and afterwards, and he called this a super decision. He called this a super decision. You, you, a decision you make once that you will not stray from. For Mike Ryder, the decision that he shared with us, one of those decisions was that uh, he would have a daily devotion time with the Lord. Didn't matter if he had, a, you know, had to get on a plane ride at 4 a.m., he would wake up early enough to have a quiet time with the Lord. That was one of his super decisions. One of his other super decisions that he shared with us was that he was going to be at church on Sundays whether he felt like it or not. He was not gonna let the circumstances affect him being at church and the fellowship. Good job, everybody, Christmas. Day after Christmas Day. (laughs) His other super decision was that he and his wife and his family would allow a college group to meet at his house every week. And he did that for, they did that for about 15 years, even when their kids were little until their kids were in college and past college. He held a, a college group at his house in which, with a lot of my, me and my friends, were discipled. Those are the super decisions that he had made. And I think about the super decision that these 40 martyrs of Sebasta made it back in 320 A.D., there were a Roman legion, which is now modern-day Turkey, Turkey, and it was these forty Christian soldiers. Uh, they were in the Roman army, and so the the the, the commander realized, hey, we might have an allegiance allegiance issue. Are these Christians gonna, you know, take this? Take which which side are they gonna take if, if things really go down? And so he said, we can no longer have these forty Christian soldiers here in my army. I want you to bow down and pledge. To Caesar is Lord, that Caesar is God. And these 40 soldiers said, We will refuse. We are 40 Christian soldiers. So the commander had them beaten and scourged. They would not turn back. So he said, I will punish you then by putting on a frozen lake naked. Those 40 Christian soldiers sang a, a tune of forty Christian soldiers for Christ. And they were there on that naked on that frozen lake. No one turned out. They were there huddled together, forty Christian soldiers for God, surrounded by guards, not allowing them to leave. They decided to let's let's Up the ante, so they put up hot tubs. They put up these tubs of hot water around it. So if you got too cold and you just wanted to jump out, you wanted to claim the authority of Caesar and and renounce your Christian faith, and you can do that. And they made it easier with having these little hot tubs around. Well, for one of those soldiers back in 320 AD, it was all too much. And he and he ditched his fellow soldiers and he ran and he jumped into a hot tub. And sadly, because of the temperature, he he died instantly. He was he was overcome. And they began singing the song, 39 Brave Soldiers for Christ. Well, it was all too much for one of the soldiers, one of the guards that was on the edge. And hearing 39 soldiers for Christ, no, he said, no, it needs to be 40. And he said, I, I once made that profession of faith to believe in Christ. And so what he did is he took off his, his uniform, he stripped off his clothes, and he jumped back into, the, and he jumped into those 40 39 soldiers making it, once again, 40 soldiers for Christ. Those 40 soldiers for Christ all died on the ice that night. They took a stand. So Joshua brings us to this thing where you have to choose for yourself. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But he says, but as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. I guess looking at 2022, what and whom will you serve? The culture around us has long departed from serving the Lord. It's becoming actually anti-serving the Lord. What will your choice be? You're not an Elmo doll. You're not an Elmo loves you. There God gets to push a button. You said, Lord, I'm choosing to obey. You know, it's a free will choice. And it's a place this morning where we get to look back on the choices and where they've led and to look into the the distant horizon and say, Lord, where do you want me to go? What choices do you want me to make this year? So who or what will you choose to serve this year? So we transition now to communion, it's communion Sunday. The fact is that none of us are strong enough. None of us are strong enough to live out this journey day by day. None of us have all the wisdom that we need to even direct our own paths or our own lives. None of us have lived or are able to live a perfect life as Jesus did. That's why we're called to remember Jesus' perfect sacrifice, that he paid the penalty for our sin We need to remember that the Lamb of God's body was broken for us. That the Lamb of God's blood was shed for us. Remember that by his death, we have been freed from the penalty of sin. Remember his resurrection and choose choose to live in a way that speaks that he is coming back. With that, we walk in freedom, righteousness, obedience, faith, hope, love. So with the elements in our hand, in John chapter 6, Jesus made the first of his seven I am statements. In the first of his seven I am statements, he said, I am the bread of life. And Jesus was speaking to all of his disciples. He had a large group of disciples outside of, uh, outside of the 12. And Jesus said to them, assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, you will have no life. Whoever eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Many of his disciples heard that, that eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and they, were, they turned away. Many of his disciples, the larger group of disciples, began to leave him. It was too hard of a statement to, to take. So Jesus looks at the twelve. In John 6, and he said this, he said, do you also want to go away? He said, do you also want to go away? What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to follow those others? you got to love Simon Peter, because he's, he's the one who, who, who sings out and speaks for the 12. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, And also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what we do by eating of the bread and drinking of the cup. When we realize how good we have it, to where else or to whom else would we serve? Where else would we go? So let's take of the bread. 1 Corinthians Paul writes a letter to them and says, for I received from the Lord, which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And we had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Let's do this this morning in remembrance of Jesus. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is my new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let's pray. Lord, help us not to forget your benefits. Lord, help us not to forget your blessings that come along with serving you, Lord. Lord God, you are good, and you do good, and you have paved the path. You've gone before us, Lord, and you are the light unto our feet, and the light unto our path, Lord. Lord, give us wisdom to recognize those things in our lives this morning that have become idols or, or gods. Help us to realize the paths that they have taken, the paths that they have made us stray down. Let us renounce those things, Lord, and get rid of those things in our lives, Lord. Give us wisdom to recognize your goodness, the path that leads to eternal life, help us to make the choice, Lord, that honors and serves you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Would you all stand with me?